This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Second segment on a Thursday. No time to waste. To the phone lines we go for our good friend of the show, Mr. Big Stuff himself, Brian Backo, covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Kind enough to join us every single week here on the program. Mr. Backo, how we doing, cousin? Oh, I'm in uh, I'm in off-season mode, I guess. What about you guys? Definitely in off-season mode. Yes. But, <laughs> well, you know, not all the way committed. I'm like 50% in off-season mode. Uh, yeah, there's still football to watch, which is nice. And mm-hmm. some of us have, like, ties to some of the teams that are still playing football right uh. now. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't. Uh, all the way emotionally checked out just yet. Oh, says the guy who was accusing yeah. me of being a bad Steeler <laughs> fan yesterday. Ah, you, know, you see how this works, Mr. Back. Well, I, I can be transparent today because we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> you know, yesterday I had to beat her. I had to had to talk around and be real lawyer like. Today I could just be me. <laughs> Our buddy Brian Backo is always himself. You know he doesn't do cap, and he knows how to leave a tender moment alone. Buddy, uh, plenty that I want to get to you with about the future and uh, a couple, you know, we got a couple press conference from Tuesday questions as well, too. Let's let's start there maybe before we look ahead. Uh, safe to assume that Matt Canada will be the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers when they break training camp in 2022. Yeah, that's, that's what I left Mike Tomlin's presser on Tuesday thinking – it seemed like he – I mean, Mike T's never going to say a lot. He's never going to show his cards, obviously. But there were a couple comments in there that, that made me think he was uh, a lot – he was a lot more behind Canada after this season than he was Randy Feetner this time a year ago. Now, did you agree with some of the, I guess, direction of blame in the sense where he would talk about some of the reasons why schematically it didn't look good was because they only had red paint and you had to utilize said red paint. Did you agree with that or did you think it was a little bit more on Canada as well? I I lean, I mean, it's certainly everything when you're that inept on offense, you've got all sorts of, of issues. Um, I, I guess here's where I come down on it. I just look at, Canada's resume, I mean, yeah, it didn't have much to it uh, at the NFL level, but everybody was talking about how this guy had a lot of uh, really interesting schemes and concepts when he was coaching in college, and it was stuff that people are stealing from in the NFL. While I have a lot of issues with how he operated this year, maybe more so with the play calling than the structure of the offense, I don't think he just all of a sudden forgot how to scheme a guy open. I don't think he all of a sudden forgotten that you can throw the ball over the middle of the field or, or take shots deep. I think it makes a lot more sense that he just had a collection of players, specifically uh, a bunch of overwhelmed guys on the O-line and a redwood tree at quarterback who weren't capable of doing a whole lot. Uh, not to put it bluntly. <laughs> Mr. Brian, Ben couldn't move. Uh, he certainly, you know, he had some gas left in the tank in terms of accuracy on his throws and, and squeezing balls in there. Um, but the, the deep ball has, has really left him. It seemed to get worse each week. You know, you watching some of those attempts against the chiefs was, was pretty difficult to see. You know, you're throwing it five yards short of Chase Claypool. He's trying to bust his butt to come back to it. Um, I just – I don't think there was much that you could unlock. I, I know that there's something to be said for adapting your, your schemes to what you have, but 
if you don't have someone who's mobile at all in the pocket and you don't have somebody who has a big arm to get the ball downfield, I don't really know all that much what you can adapt. Mr. Backo, you know, sticking with the offense, sticking with the quarterback conversation, I guess maybe a similar question to the one that I just asked you about Matt Canada, maybe same church, different pew. Do you expect Mason Rudolph to be the guy in 2022? You know, we know, well, at least we think we know Ben Roethlisberger is retiring. The Steelers will have to add a quarterback. Um, What do you expect in that department? Someone to compete with Mason, someone younger, someone more veteran, does it feel like they want legitimate competition for Mason, or does he feel like he's kind of penciled in already to be the guy? I'll probably go back and forth on this a million times before the draft, or at least before free agency when we could get something of an answer to that based on what the Steelers do. But I think I've landed on I, – I don't know that they're going to go the first-round quarterback route this year. I think that they kind of have a guy like that a little bit already in, in Haskins. And I think they took kind of the same approach into last year's draft that he was a, a low risk, potentially high reward type of signing and, and gives you that dude to mold, even if he's not a, a rookie technically. So I, I could see them, maybe they go the free agent route for somebody cheap. I, I don't think they would, would spend a lot on those types of guys, but I could also see them, Maybe you don't take a quarterback until like the, the third, fourth, or fifth round, like a toolsy type who can come in and, and push these guys with, with some, some moxie, you know? So that's kind of what I think is going to happen. And, and to me, I, I w- would say that I come down then on, if I have to bet on one guy to be the week one starter next year, next season, I would go Mason Rudolph. But if you're asking me, do I think it's going to be Rudolph for the field, I might go with the field just because there's so many different options. I like that. Mr. Backo always giving us some of those nice in-depth answers. Now, I want to switch to the other side of the ball. You know, the defensive side of the ball, the part that Wesley sure. loves to neglect. <laughs> Tyson Aluwalu and Stefan Tuitt. Do we see both of them back? One of them back? Or neither of them back next year? I think we see one of them back, and I think it's going to be Alu-Alu. I mean, he was around the team a lot, guys. He, he, he didn't sort of – obviously under difficult circumstances, but Stephon Tuitt basically disappeared this year, and I don't know how you can't be dubious about his return when that's how it goes down. So with Alu-Alu being as involved as he was, um, you know, clearly itching to get back out there based on his – uh, Instagram post the other day. I, I think he's going to return if you're the Steelers and, and if you're Tyson, obviously you hope he returns at, at full health and, and, you know, the player that it, that he was before that injury in, in week two, it's as, as you, you know, as you know, most it gets tougher the older you get, but uh, he, he's a guy who's a tireless worker and he's, he's had a late career resurgence here to begin with. So he's obviously relied on technique as much as brute strength. So I think he's back in the fold in 2022 and I just can't predict that for it. I mean, there, there's been zero signals or, or inklings that, uh, that, that things are looking up for him. And, and you hate to see it. Mm-hmm. You hate to say it. But just trying to be realistic about the whole situation as we sit here. That's what our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette does. Always realistic. Always honest with us. Always 
shooting straight. All right, one more maybe before we start to just look ahead. Oh, I guess actually, you know what? Maybe this is looking ahead a little bit because he's a free agent. Free agency is just, you know, a couple months down the road here now. Uh, before we had you on, Brian, we were talking about Joe Hayden. And, you know, would you try and keep him? Wouldn't you? What would that look like? Where are you willing to go money and contract-wise? How much do you value his veteran leadership uh, what would you say in the Joe Hayden conversation? What would your be that be your take on that? Do you think the Steelers should say, you know, thank you for your service, but it's time for a new era of Steelers football. We got to turn the page. Or do you think maybe if they can get them for the right price without breaking the bank, um, it would be good to, act to kind of bridge the gap to the next era? No, that that first part out there that you put, no, you never do that, especially with a guy like Hayden. I mean, you never just close the book that everybody's got a price, right? And you know, I think Joe is, is eager to see what his worth is on the open market for the first time in a while. He, he basically said as much before the season. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Joe's a great guy, but I'm sure there's a part of him pride-wise that uh, was a little bit ticked off. He didn't get the, the extension. So, I, you know, I think there's part of him that would like to see what's out there, entertain other offers. But, you know, he's also made his home here. He's got his family here. He, he knows this defense. He, he loves his teammates, and they love him back. So, Maybe all of that kind of stuff, uh, things could come together where it works out for both sides. If there, There's obviously a cost that's prohibitive if, if you're the Steelers and you're trying to, to juggle the salary cap. I don't know if that is, if it's you know double digits in, in terms of the millions or if Akella Witherspoon's presence drops that down even lower. But uh, I'm certainly not closing the book on Hayden returning. I, I would probably, if I had to predict, I'd say he's not back because I do think there will be some somebody out there willing to spend more on them than the Steelers want to or, or can. Um, but there's just a lot of moving pieces right now, and that's been the theme of, of the Zoom calls, the exit interviews with us, the reporters, over the last couple of days when we've talked to Akella Witherspoon, Cam Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, these guys don't know what's going to happen either. Of course, they want to keep as many guys intact as possible, but they know it's a business. You can't do that. They lost a brother last year, and, and Mike Hilton has gone on to – to greener pastures so i'm assuming that at least one of those guys if not more out of the witherspoon hayden edmonds free agency group is gone now another person that we actually are going to talk about uh probably once you get off the phone but <laughs> i'm just thinking about it. i was like yeah right not with you but later <laughs> on today chooks a coral four he's another guy um unrestricted free agent but would you bring him back or would you say thank you for your service but go find your greener pastures elsewhere. Yeah, he's somebody that, again, you know, you you can always bring somebody back if the price is right. But with with his play and, and mostly his lack of effectiveness in in the run game, I, I'd be looking to upgrade from Chooks. He wasn't as bad as as a lot of people maybe uh, made him out to be. Um, you know, he caught a lot of flack over the last couple seasons starting, but he he really did. Uh, some good things in protection against some very good players in certain big spots. So he's, he's not a bad player. I think other teams will, will see that with him. Um, you know, he's another guy who put out on Twitter, sounded like he's not really expecting to be back in Pittsburgh. And we don't, we also don't know what's going on with Zach Banner. Mike Tomlin kind of left the door open for him to return. I, I would think that he would have to, to be willing to do so at a lesser salary, considering he really didn't contribute on the field in any way this season. But I look at right tackle as an area where that, that can be your first round pick. You know, if, if you, if they think the same way I am and they don't want to use their first rounder on a quarterback, you might want to do it 
for a right tackle who's just mean and nasty and is going to be an immediate plug-and-play starter to help pave the way for Najee Harris. Is Kenny Pickett a lefty? I don't know. Uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, real quick, I thought he was, and I thought Mr. Backhill was, so was going to hit us with like, the. What? Well, you got to have the good. You got to have the good right oh. tackle to protect Kenny Pickett's blind side. Gotcha. You know, I thought that that joke was coming. Hey, big. every team needs a good right tackle. You see the teams who are playing on that side? You think T.J. Watts worried about rushing from the quarterback blind Seriously, side? Yeah. yeah, you ain't lying. That's becoming the can new we, move. Can man. we get some of these tackles who are allowed to hold dudes like uh. these right tackles hold T.J. Mm-hmm. Watt out there on Sundays? Okay. I don't know about that. You can get a guy who gets a nice head start every time, though. <laughs> get, get Study those guys. <laughs> All right, Mr. Backo, since you kind of brought back the, the quarterback position a little bit, I, I saw you tweet about this, and I didn't mean to ask you this, so I, I want to go here now since it's not completely, you know, returning back to where we were a few minutes ago. You did your Steelers mailbag in the Post-Gazette. You can find Brian's work there. You can find this up on his Twitter account now, too. If quarterback isn't the first priority for the Steelers, you know, when free agency opens in a, in a couple months, when when the NFL draft rolls around, if quarterback isn't the first priority, should it be the last? Yeah, I think you can make a case for that. I, I am more of the mind that any draft that you go into, you, you can't have a binary view of either we got, we got one guy we love, we got to go get him or, or, or nothing or bust. I think it's more of, there's value in, in every pick. You know, you're, you're going to have your quarterbacks on a spectrum, I think, if you're the Steelers. I mean, maybe there's the occasional guy that you completely take them off your board because of medicals or off-field stuff or whatever. But there's, you know, you're going to have, say, Kenny Pickett at the top. And then you're going to have Desmond Ritter at the bottom and say, if he's available at this number, then we like him to, to give him a shot there. Because nobody knows for certain who's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes and who's going to be the next Ryan Leaf. If you did, the whole draft process would be mm-hmm. a heck of a lot easier. So all you can do is, you know, study these guys, talk to them, especially at that position. I feel like the interviews are just so crucial because you're going to be dealing with a ton of, of pressure and scrutiny, especially if you're a first-round pick. So all you can do is, you know, do your homework, do your due diligence on all those guys from Mobile to, to Indy and, mm-hmm. and every locale in between. And then decide uh, if somebody's worth it at 20, if somebody's worth moving up for, if somebody's worth it if they drop to the second, and, and plan the rest of your approach accordingly. I think that's the prudent thing to do. Now I'm using Mike Tomlin words at this point, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really going on too long. But I think that's what he and Kevin Colbert always do. I think that's what they will do again. And it's just going to be heightened and magnified this year because of the position that is such a question mark. Now, you brought up a name that is going to obviously be talked about a little bit more and a lot more this offseason by the name of Kevin Colbert. If things are pointing to, you know, a potential retirement from him, are you hearing any type of rumblings right now about, you know, who could potentially be in this, the short list for the GMI? Nothing beyond Omar Khan, who's been, been in on so many contract negotiations over the past couple decades. And then Brandon Hunt, who's, who's been in the wars with them at you know the Combine and Pro Days and everything like that. So you really have a nice uh, one-two punch there of, uh, of the numbers, the cap guy versus the personnel, or the football guy. Uh, you know, could they do something where it's a joint situation or, or do they want kind of that number one man in charge like they've had so long with Kevin Colbert? I don't know. These are uh, you know, kind of uncharted waters in, in a lot of senses for the Steelers this offseason, not only have 
not had to really worry about their quarterback of the future since then, but they haven't had to worry about their GM of the future since 2000. Uh, interesting. You know, we, we know that the Steelers' way is to promote from within, whether it's quarterback in this case, Rudolph Haskins, whomever, uh, or, or the GM in the, the front office circumstance. So I haven't heard of, of anybody from the outside really being considered for, for better or worse. And I think part of the, uh, you know, inherent discussion there is that we know Mike Tomlin is, is heavily involved in all of that as well. So uh, maybe there's some value in, in keeping continuity. Maybe there'd be some value in, uh, in, in bringing in some fresh ideas. Speaking of promoting from within, Terrell Austin, your next Pittsburgh Steelers defensive coordinator? No, I, I would go. I mean, if, if you do have to promote, yes, but I would rather see them go outside the organization and, and bring in somebody who's, who's had some successful defenses at this level who, who can maybe have more of a, uh, a collaborative approach with Mike Tomlin, who we know is, is very, you know, has a hand in, in calling those defenses and scheming week in and, and week out. I just think that the postseason failures that you've had on that side of the ball really kind of necessitate that, you know, you, you need some good ideas and it doesn't matter where they come from. So in this case, uh, I think you, you might want to look outside of, of the Steelers franchise that has been getting bludgeoned uh, in the postseason the last three times around that they've been there. So uh, that, that would, Hey, that would take a certain amount of sacrifice from, from Tomlin and even his defensive assistance. But I think that's kind of the crossroads that you're at. And, you know, let's, Let's get a fresh set of eyes in here, fresh set of, of schemes and, and concepts to keep up with the Joneses right now in the NFL. Now, Mr. Becko, I love that answer. I love <laughs> that perspective. Thank you, because most Mike Tomlin likes to say all the time he doesn't care where great ideas come from. Uh-huh. It's time for them to come from outside 3200 South Water Street. I, I, absolutely. But my, my only question is, why don't you share that same sentiment for the offensive coordinator position, when you were talking about having success at this level, going outside the organization, fresh ideas, I mean, technically, Terrell Austin is more qualified right now to be D.C. than Canada was to be offensive coordinator a year ago in the same position right now. I agree. I think the difference most is it's been one year for Canada in this role. And with, like I said, at the top, you know, a lot of, um, and I, and I think Mike Tomlin would agree too. And a lot of, uh, lack of paint, I guess, to go back to the bar <laughs> analogy is a red, um, is it yellow? You know, we, we know that they, they were throwing these guys in the deep end on the offensive line. They, they weren't in love with bringing Ben Roethlisberger back until he took a pay cut. So they knew that his skill set was, was diminished there to a degree and and even the the wide receivers you know may, maybe they are guys who also didn't benefit from those two factors but they need to make more plays as well so that to me is is the difference you know Canada was an outside the organization hire a couple of years ago when they brought him in for for the QB coach role so was Terrell Austin but um, I, I think he's been a part Terrell Austin I mean has been a part of these last couple defensive collapses in the postseason as senior defensive assistant I think he's really good in that role and and again, I, I probably would, you know, I'm not going to riot or, or rage if they do promote <laughs> him, but uh, that to me is, is the difference. You've had Canada in this spot for one year. Um, you know, the, these playoff issues on defense have been much more recurring over the last four to five years with, uh, with Mike Tomlin 
being pretty much the boss in charge of that. Mr. Backo, great stuff as always, buddy. We love the conversation with you. I'm sure we could keep this going for another hour, but we've already kept too much of your time. So real quick hitters before I let you go, okay? Okay. Bengals-Titans, yep. just, just winners. No spread, no nothing. Just winners this weekend. Bengals-Titans. Bungles. Niners-Packers. Packs. Rams-Bucks. You know, I was going Rams early on. Or, excuse me, I was going with the Bucks when the playoffs started. Intrigued by that Rams game, but I'll stick with touchdown Tom in Tampa Bay. And finally, I think the granddaddy of them all, the game everybody wants to watch. Bills, oh, yeah. Bills, Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. Maybe I'm just living in the moment because I was there to see the onslaught and Arrowhead. I think it's an amazing game, but uh, I'll, I'll still ride with Patrick Mahomes and the boys. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, Moats. That's crazy. Yeah, you see, you see good Ooh, listeners of the show. Wow. The Bills go in there and beat them. But wow. man, so the Chiefs just run roughshod over the AFC until they get to the Super Bowl, man. It's been two years now, and wow. they're already off to a nice start in the third year I, in a row. All I'm saying is we saw what Buffalo just did as well, right? We saw it. We saw it. I that mean, was it, at home. And if you had now to add, go on it, the road. And if you were asking yourself, of the two teams – who had the more formidable victims, I think we would all point to Buffalo and say that they had a more formidable victim. No offense to the – They they had the whole Bills mafia behind them. They had the cold weather working in their favor, I Uh think. Now they got to go – They got to go out there. Now now the cold – You can't say the cold weather was working in their favor. Where earlier in the year when Belichick and them went up there and threw the ball three times, everybody was hollering about the weather being an advantage. Big boy ball. That was a snow Big game. boy this pads. Was just like an adrenaline game, which benefited the home team. I just, Mr. Backhill, I just want the record to show that yesterday Arthur Motes was accusing my WVU fanhood. That was yesterday. Of, of, of preventing me stuff? from being a diehard Steelers fan. <laughs> but now he's. Arsed over the Buffalo Bills. You're bringing up old stuff. Why are you bringing up old stuff? If anything, I thought it would be fandom that has you uh, tainted against Kenny Pickett and not pounding the table for him. uh, Uh, Yeah. Well, Mm. obviously. Mm. I mean, Mm. I I did say, Mr. Becko, my top two nightmare scenarios for the Steelers' next quarterback would be Kenny (laughs) Kenny Pickett, number two, and Kirk Cousins, number one, because then I'd have to say nice things about both of those guys. But we'll cross that bridge. This is very factual. If we did say this. Brian Becko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's the best, buddy. We really appreciate your time. We kept you way too long. Uh, Thank you. And last Thursday's show here, but we'll, we'll, we'll We'll keep this going, just albeit on a different day, if that's all right with you. Yes, pleasure's all mine. We'll link up soon, guys. There is our guy, Brian Backo. Make sure you're showing him some love wherever you get your sports content. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Listen, Arthur Motes, one thing about me. I mean, there's a lot of things about me, but one thing about me. I'm transparent. I don't lie. I don't. A lot of, you know, this might shock some of our listeners. Uh oh. A lot of people who do. All right, ready? Secret time? Shh. A lot of people who do what Arthur Motes and I do for a living, the person that they are on the radio or on the television or in the newspaper, whatever. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You going to tell that secret? Don't tell. Oh, he's telling Isn't the real person that they actually are. What you see is what you get with me, baby. I'm honest. I'm transparent. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I don't lie. No lie. No lie. And you got really good hair. I do. It's it's getting like so long that I've got. You, I don't know if you've noticed. I've been wearing hats a lot more I lately. It's but like, I like the look on you though, man. I'm playing a little pond hockey That's this weekend. You, you, I'm have the it, flow the going out. It's coming out. Going yeah. out the back of the hat, baby. Absolutely. Arthur Motes, we've got about four minutes left in this segment. Tweets or chooks? Let's go tweets because I feel like 
Chooks is going to also be a little bit more of a lengthier discussion as well. I think you are correct. Uh, some tweets here, some some Joe Hayden tweets to, to close out jump this man, segment. Jump, man, jump, man. My buddy Ranger Abraham says, um, I believe hearing Joe Hayden say in the past he wants to retire here in Pittsburgh, I see him taking a good deal that will help out the old, whole organization. I would hate to see him leave. He's one of my favorite players. I, I mm-hmm. think no matter where you are on this, I think most of us agree that we would hate to see Joe Hayden leave. Like I said, he's yeah, just – dude, you, Joe. Ne- <laughs> you never find a person that says anything bad about Joe. I think I've shared this with you before, Motsi. You know, um, around the combine and around the draft, Crowley and I do some shows with right. – and every single time we have a show with Tom Bradley, if Joe Hayden's name comes up or if the secondary comes up, he talks about Joe Hayden and how he's just the best dude you could ever want to be around. I love it, man. And 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 people from Pittsburgh say that. People from Cleveland well, and say that. I was going to say, just think about that. This is a guy that starred in Cleveland for multiple years and then has been able to come to the rivalry. And they still they, they still respect still the heck out of love. him in Cleveland. Like, that's they love nuts, everything man. about the black yeah. and gold. Except for Joe Hayden. Yeah. Um, Steeler Cop tweets us and says, we have so many holes we'll be rebuilding, you know, realistically for the next two or three seasons. Feel like we need more speed, more strength, more elusiveness. In terms of the secondary, I feel like we need to make a Fitzpatrick. Everyone else that's going to be up for a new contract, either friendly deal or go. Oh, Steeler Cop with the line in the sand. Thrash says, I thought Joe Hayden was showing a little age uh, this year at times and felt uh, like it would be okay to move on from him, but at the same time, it would not kill them to bring him back for at least one more year. On the other hand, I have become a Witherspoon believer. Yeah. You're not the only one. We'll talk We'll talk about him, if not this week, definitely next week for sure. Alan Jackson tweets us. Like, Alan Jackson? Like, like like the real? Like, like the, the? Like the way down yonder on the chat. Yeah, I was going to say, hold on now. It gets hard. I don't know any songs like down that. Down by the river on a pale moonlight. There it is. Can't be full of beer cans in a pale moonlight. Something hey, like that. Hey. It's a different Alan Jackson, but. He says, I would bring Joe Hayden back on a friendly deal as well. May add more flexibility to position just in case you can move Cam Sutton to the slot. I really don't know what happens, but I am a Joe Hayden fan. I do like that mindset, though. Because I I do feel like even though Cam Sutton did show some success, did show some ability to play on the outside, I think that he is more naturally fit for the slot. I think that yes. he's more yes. comfortable there, and I think that he's just a way better player there because of the matchups, whereas on the perimeter, he is forced to play great every game just to be good, just to be varsity, whereas in the slot, he isn't forced to have that type of pressure on him for him to still be productive and good and not hurt the team. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely could see it, but once again, friendly, but we also know that especially for like a guy like Akello, he hasn't hit that deal just yet. He thought he had it going to Seattle last year, but he hasn't broke that bank or had that nice, legitimate, life-changing deal. So I do think that that plays into this because that number, even though the cap is going up, we still have to make sure that we're not, you know, just spending this money haphazardly on players that, are going to give us one to two years maybe of high-quality play, and then right. we're going to be right back in the same position. That's what we don't want to happen, you know? Last one here real quick. we got like 30 seconds. Steeler fan Hawaii. We haven't heard from you in a while. What's I know, up? right? Hey, you of, course, of course you chime in when it's like three degrees outside here. Mm, rub it in our face. Thanks a uh, lot. Says, in relation to the Joe Hayden discussion, uh, you know, salary cap could have factored into the Steelers not extending Joe with all the unknown last year, um, but I will say – you know, a Steelers fan of Hawaii says I'd bring him back. His leadership is important. 
What say you? You know where to get at us. On to Twitter.com. At Wesley Euler. At TheBody52. TheBody. Entering our final segment, we will talk about Chooks Akorafor to start things off, and then we'll turn it over to you. Your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions. We got a few tweets uh, to get to. If you want to get involved with the conversation, you know where to get at us. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.